Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of But Am I Wrong? Starring two people who not once ever have been wrong. Prove it. Isn't it amazing? It's like really a phenomenon that has been studied by NASA. No, like NASA's it's out of this world. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Would we, Houston? We have a we, problem. Houston, we have a problem. We're right about everything. <laughs> and Houston is like, let us study you. And we're like, okay. Yeah. And maybe then... With this connection, we'll be able to get you an alien, some mm-hmm. alien dick. A little closer to space. I mean, they were coming for me, but then the U.S. shot down the little balloons. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I genuinely can't. <laughs> Anyways, let's not talk about the things we're not going to talk about. 
let's talk about the things we are going to talk about on this podcast. And this is, yes, this is a podcast in case you were like, what is this sound coming from my computer, my phone, my car? Well, if there's a sound coming from your car, I would first turn this down and then check there's not like a... <laughs> drive safe. And, you know, just know that we're hilarious. We're great. We're wonderful. We're fantastic. And no distracted driving. We don't we don't want that on our hands. Mm-mm. We do endorse, though, distracted nine-to-five cubicle corporate behavior. We love to know that some of you are listening to our podcast while we're like talking about something incredibly raunchy or hilarious. With your AirPods in and your boss is none the wiser. And you have a fake spreadsheet up. We love it. We're all about it. So who are we? I'm Melissa Diamond Montz. And I'm Megan. I'm just, I have one name, like Shakira. <laughs> Her name is Megan Rinks. That is it. Technically, there's a lot more, but let's not mm-hmm. get into those. We're not getting to technicalities. No, fuck technicalities. This is your stage. You use your stage name. Megan Rosette if you're old school. <laughs> And on this podcast, we tell each other if we're wrong, we never are. We tell you if you're wrong. And we tell people who will never listen to this podcast, such as political world figures, celebrities, famous people, entire countries, if they are wrong. It's a power trip for an hour to buckle in your seatbelts. We'll explain each of the segments before we get into them. But one of the best parts about this podcast is what, Melissa? That y'all get to participate every Friday ish because every friday ish because you know sometimes votes are a little bit late sometimes people are just making other people a birthday cake and then they get lost for four hours were you gonna Um, give me shit and then realize that that's what i was doing no oh okay i was just gonna word it in a different way and so (laughs) you get to vote you get to vote on everything that is discussed in the episode And then we read it aloud on a little show called Fisting Friday, every Friday. That fist can be as big as little as you want. Could be a little. It could be just like your pinky curled up and call it a little one-fifth fist. Or it could be a Melissa-sized fist or a Megan-sized fist. Okay, so first up, it's you with our segment, But Am I Wrong?, where each of us propose something that has either happened in our life, a predicament that we're currently dealing with, or a hot take, or just a rant for the other person. And we'll be like, am I wrong? And we'll let each other know. Mine is a rant this week. I love a rant. And um, I'm actually surprised that you and I have never even talked about (gasps) this. This is exciting for us. Passport bros. Passport bros? You don't know what this is? Passport space B-R-O-S is the B capitalized in bros. Mm -hmm. This is a collective. This is a group of people. This is an organization. Yeah. They have group, they meet on the internet, and they're like, we're high-valued men. Shut the fuck up. So think about high-valued men, the men that have podcasts. With have international podcasts. travel. Yes. And so I'm going to read two different definitions from Urban Dictionary, and you can tell which one was written by a passport bro oh and which one wasn't. I'm excited. How will I choose? The passport bros are men who have chosen to seek out foreign women, typically from other countries for relationships. They believe that Western women have been influenced by cultural and societal pressures to behave in a certain way, and that by seeking out foreign women, they can find a more authentic, fulfilling, and harmonious relationship. This is seen as a way to restore the natural balance between masculine and feminine energy and to avoid the wickedness of Western women. American Western women have too many rights. 
Then here's another one. Men whose only means of attracting women is through financial exploitation. This is the only tool in their kit. So they fly to exploited nations where women have less financial standing and show off $20 here and there to get women's attention. Unironically, they don't like gold diggers in places like the United States, but they, they're fine giving their money away to women who'll do anything for their co- coins because they need to feed their families. Wow. I mean, I'm going to have to say the first one was written from the first person point of view. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've never heard of this term. It's a collective of men. Which is already a red I'm, flag. Right. Already a red flag. I've seen it because, I mean, I've just come across it like on the internet, on different, it doesn't even, it's on several social media. Yeah. So you span. But there's this one guy that I like that talks shit about anytime one comes up. And he, he like, sees it as his way to, like, bring it up and then talk shit about those men. So, specifically, there was one man this weekend who was stranded in a country. And he was going live on his either Instagram or Facebook talking about how he had missed his flight that morning. And um, he'd been calling the woman that he was dating and she wouldn't bring him any money. And was like, I can't, like, spirit, first of all, he was flying spirit. Spirit uh, won't transfer my flight. So um, can y'all send me, all I have is $15. Can y'all send me $100? Does not seem like a high value man to me. Me either. Me either. So, again, all the, I, I'm all for women to get their bag Without in whatever way that they want to. Especially this woman who knew this man didn't have any money, took him for the money that he had, and then not answering the phone anymore. Didn't have to deal with him anymore. Right. Dropped, like maybe didn't even drop him off at the airport. Maybe dropped him off at the airport. No, I don't think never see you again. I don't think she even did that. I like it. He took a shuttle. Not very high value man behavior. I mean, this isn't anything new. With there, I think it would have used to have been called like a mail order bride. Oh, yeah, because that's as soon as you started saying the topic of it, I was like, okay, well, there's definitely specifically white men fetishizing Asian women. Yes. Well, these are mostly black men. I was going to say, it seems like this is also now no longer, this is just anyone but westernized American women. Uh Uh-huh. So the pool is quite large, um, allegedly. Right. There was another video of this other man that was talking to the woman in a very demeaning way, but it was clear that she was just like, she hated him. Like, so it was so much hate and she was going to take him for all he was worth and then dip. Like it was so evident to everyone, but him. Wow. And so like they collect in these groups and they just like talk about it. So like, do they talk because like, are they, is the goal to be married to these people? Okay. Their goal is to be married. It's to, Go to these countries, find a wife, and bring her back. Find an impressionable wife that you can mold. Yeah. Essentially find a mother. Oh, and then spread your seed. Mm-hmm. And then raise little fucks just like you. Yeah. But I, I think most of these women are just coming to get what they need to get and then dipping. Good. We need to have, like, an alternative collective of... I wonder if there is, but it probably is very, like, secret underground of, like, the women who are, like, on the receiving end of this. And it's like, here's yeah. how you hustle the shit out of these men right. for out of this stuff and, like, yeah. get what you need. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I'm 100% sure that it exists, but they're just smart. Without a doubt. Yeah. Wow. And Passport Bros? Mm -hmm. Is that like the subreddit name? Like, that seems like it would be. That's their name for themselves. Like, I just Googled it, and the first thing that came up was an article that was published three hours ago. Oh, my God. And it's you being topical as fuck. It's this website called Level, and it's like a website for men, but men that have common sense. You know, like a women's magazine, but for black men. (laughs) And they said, why are passport bros so bothered by black women? Collective, no, collect your stupid stamps, have your travel tryst, and leave us the hell alone. Get out and then don't come back. Uh Uh-huh. And the first sentence is, if you have yet to hear of the so-called passport bros, honestly, I envy you. It's a whole fucking mess. We need like a big operation where... We, like, get all of this men on, like, a flight. Like, we tell them it's, like, a VidCon for Passport Bros. And they get on there. And then we just, like, drop them off in the middle of nowhere where nobody is subjected to them. And then they're trapped. Yeah. That's my version. Torturing Americans. Imagine, like, proudly saying that, like, nobody in your entire country will date you. So you have to go on a plane to find someone who will date you. Wow. Somebody did a thing on out of the loop on reddit so if you want to read more about it you love that one anyway your turn so mine is a hot take and my hot take is some businesses don't need a social media presence okay and the one i'm focusing on today because i think i will make this a multi-part thing because i have a lot of feelings on a lot of businesses that like you don't need to increase your social footprint do you want me to guess sure it's is it niche no Eminem. <laughs> like, like the rapper Eminem? No, the candy. Oh, no. I think they're okay. fine on social media. Okay. The police. Oh. Police Facebook pages. When I tell you that, Melissa, it took me more than a year. I dare I say, I'm embarrassed to say, it took me multiple years to realize that these weren't photoshopped. And these weren't like just trying to be funny. These weren't like an onion version of someone making like a fake Facebook page. No, no, no. These police precincts have full-blown Facebook pages where they speak and engage very tongue-in-cheek using, like, a similar brand voice to Slim Jim or Duolingo. Like, it's not like, oh, some missing car here or Amber Alert. It's like, this man, like, you think you're having a worse Friday than this guy? Like, LOL, no. Like, mugshot wanted. Like, come on in, buddy. Like, we promise we won't bite. Like, it's like, what? Ew. Ew, 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 ew. So the entire goal of it, in my mind, was always like, or the entire premise as I'm looking at them, I'm like, this is gross because this isn't using social media the way that government, I mean, okay, certain government officials use it or like Associated Press or- Or it's just news, where it's just news. Yeah, it's like you're using this to push out news that is already, like, it's, you're you're aggregating it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from different platforms. And this is one of the things that you're pushing it out so more eyes can be on this. No, no, no. They're like literally taking as if they took a Team 10 course on how to go viral. And I found this is so depressing. Not, I mean, not. it's just more like as long as I'm like, oh, this is the bad place. I found this from the International Association of Chiefs of Police. And it's building your presence with Facebook pages. And it's a literal 10-page document on how to do so. And 
let's just go into like some of the basics. Tell your story in your own unique voice. Share rich content, including photos, videos, and links. Create a dialogue through posts and tools that allow supporters to share and engage your message. Amplify your impact when citizens share your content with their friends. Measure and refine your messages by using Facebook insights to understand your audience. The advantages of your key pages, like, you know, make sure you're connecting with people. You've got like a good engaging profile photo. Know your strategy, know your story. What is your unique voice? Are you a large city police department or a small town force? How can you bring your department's story to life in a compelling, authentic, and personal way? Know your audience. Who do you serve? Who's your target audience? How will they want to connect with you? Your content will be important to them. Is it traffic updates or crime alerts? Know your goals. Who do you want them? Will staff be assigned to the page? What kind of relationship do you want to have with these people? So then it goes on to like creating your page, develop your posting plan, uh, identify your voice, identify the poster and speak in first person in your post. Citizens like being able to connect with a name and not just a faceless government agency. Engage your supporters in a genuine, authentic ways. Look for ways your department can engage and take input from the citizens that they serve. Share photos and videos. They literally have an example of Richmond Police Department. Today's safety tip, auto theft is a crime of opportunity. And it's like, uh, 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 okay. And then we have create a conversation. Get people talking by asking questions about your status updates or current issues and photos and tell them to like or comment on what you share. Respond personally to people. You don't have to respond to every post, but a little bit of interaction goes a long way. Make your supporters the stars. If someone posts something great on your page, repost it, respond personally, and thank the person by name. Post a comments policy on your Facebook page to outline acceptable behavior. The the Dallas Police Department's comments policy is a great example. They literally have an entire welcome page on the rules that you have for this. So then we've got offer a rich experience. And I just need you to know what the visual image they offer next to this. Use photos and videos. Visuals are always more compelling than text. Post pictures and events, record videos exclusive for them. Create highlights and events and announcements. Encourage your, encourage your audience to attend all your events and invite friends. Share links about breaking stories and celebrate your milestones. For example, once you reach a significant number of likes, post a thank you video thanking your audience. I'm like, oh, you want a plaque? You want a million subscribers plaque? And in the offer a rich experience where they want to bring your story to life, the um, photo they use is a LAPD needs your help wanted poster. Oh, so I was right. Uh-huh. And then it's like sharing exclusive content. Officer of the week. Sessions where you do a Q&A chatting with citizens. And then goes on to how to grow your audience, how to leverage existing stats, cross-promote to reach more people. And then we get to measure and refine. Use your insights to optimize performance. So you can reach the biggest audience at the time, apps, and then they tell you to, you know, make sure to check with your department specifically, but you should be doing Facebook ads and sponsored posts. So waste the American dollars even more by putting money into promoting your Facebook posts. The entire thing is absolutely wild. And they've got all these, all these tips. They literally have like post police sketches of wanted people. And finally, post fun content too. Not everything has to be serious. Excuse me? Yeah, um, there, there's probably a different handbook that we don't see. It's like, go to your local urban neighborhood and play ball. If you can dance, pop lock in <laughs> front you, of black children. Do you know how to shuffle? <laughs> Show if, us. During the protests, go and kneel in front of a group of black. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
go and kneel in front of a group of black people, specifically ones that seem like they go to church and have them pray over you. Yeah. So it should be a surprise to absolutely no one. Um, So there was a study published in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences that gathered all posts from almost 14,000 Facebook pages maintained by U.S. law enforcement agencies, showing that law enforcement agencies on Facebook disproportionately post about crimes involving black suspects. And by comparing the relative frequency of agency posts about black black suspects with local and... um, For an example, if 10% of people arrested in Chicago are Black and 25% of the crime posts on Chicago PD's Facebook page feature Black suspects, that would suggest that Black people are overreported by 15 percentage points. And then this is a quote saying, you can cut the data in a lot of different ways, but if what you're concerned about is what the public is seeing is relative to the reality that they live in, they are, on average, seeing a representation of Black suspects that's 25 percentage points higher than the reality that they live in, says Rapport, who he co-authored the study with a Duke University School of Law and a Stanford School of Law, Ben Grunwald and Julian Nyarko. So as much as like people want to say, if they want to say that this shit is harmless, like I see it even get picked up by like BuzzFeed and stuff that it's like, there was like a, a couple weeks ago, there was like a viral post. It was like man comments on his own wanted thing on Facebook, like hilarious exchange. There is nothing harmless when it comes to policing at all. And even if you think it's all oh, this is like blase or whatever. Like they are continuing to have their own racist policing practices on their social media presence. And if you're not even aware of that, they are contributing to your own implicit bias. Yeah. And it's the same thing of like, they make people think crime is up everywhere Mm -hmm. in general. The amount of people who I hear that from all the time, they're like, can't do anything down walking down the street in LA, everything's gonna get stolen. I'm like, so have you been robbed every time you've left your house? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so then why do you think that's gonna happen? Every time you leave your house. Right. They have to make you scared so you can keep giving them money. You're not wrong. Thank you. Now we're going to take a break. Woo! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley 
And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing and I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait and we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor and we know y'all are already going to love this plus we've been recommended this so many times mm -hmm. so I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back from our break and on to our next segment. Now it's time for But Are You Wrong? And that's when y'all write in, give us an example of something that you might be wrong in your life, and then we judge. And if you want to send it, send it to buttamywrongpod at gmail.com. Keep it under 300 words. We do ask that you include your ages. If you want to let us know your pronouns, please do. Feel free. And, you know, write a little synopsis so we can read it out loud for you. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's the first one. I'm 28. My pronouns are she, her. Everyone else here is 25 to 30 and their pronouns are he, him. I'm North African and I live in a Northern Euro European country. I have a problem with my workplace, which is predominantly white. I've been working there for two years. I'm qualified and I work my ass off. While I have a lot of responsibilities in my, and I'm valued as an employee, I don't escape the racism. I have no problem fighting with the blunt racist comments, but I have a problem replying back to backhanded compliments, questions that have racist undertones and jokes that everyone laughs at, but make me uncomfortable. For example, I have fought and reported someone for saying that working there is my ticket to live in that country, which is not even true, but that doesn't matter. However, I have heard countless times how annoying it is that they have to speak English to me and I let it go. While I find it hard to take action because it is emotionally draining, that's not the only reason. I admit that the main reason is that I want to keep my status within the company and I don't want to be on some people's bad side. Recently, a fellow immigrant joined our company and he reports to me. I try to make sure that he doesn't have a bad experience and I stand by him in if any situation arises. However, I still pick my battles with the rest of, the, of my team. My question is, am I wrong for not fighting or reporting everyone who is racist to me? Is it my responsibility now to not let it go? I am only trying to survive, but sometimes I feel like I'm betraying my values. No, you're not wrong in this situation. Like you said, you're trying to 
survive. You're trying to protect your mental health. You're trying to protect yourself because you work in a predominantly male and white air like job this is a lot for you to take on mentally while trying to do your job like you should only be there just to do your job other people don't have to do that mm -hmm. and you have more on you than everyone else that's working there so no like you do as much as you can or as much as you want to like if you didn't want to do anything you didn't you won't have to do that also like I know that you you're trying to be like an ally to your new, new coworker, but you can't protect them from everything either. There's only so much that you can do. So don't beat yourself up over feeling like you're not doing enough. You showing up to do your job is enough. Yeah. Even if you just wanted to like make your money and be successful, like mm-hmm. that's all like that's fine. Like you don't have to have like a a noble motive to not constantly 24 7 be reporting people for microaggressions and macro like right like that's adding more onto your job when that shouldn't even be your job to begin with no I think like the only thing if you feel like you like how you are going to handle and like what your threshold is and what you're comfortable with is going to be different than anyone who comes on so like so your subordinate I would just like if there's I'm assuming that Actually, I don't know where you are. So I was going to say, I'm assuming that there's some sort of handbook or something that you take as a new employee that shows like the guidelines of like, oh, what behavior is like, okay, and what's not okay. And I think if like, you have the desire to do so, if I'm me saying this is you're going like, oh, never thought about it, then like, no, but if this is something that you've thought about, and this is something that you want to do, like, I think if you've thought about wanting to like, pull him aside and being like, hey, my threshold for what I'm comfortable with in this company is going to be different than yours please don't hesitate to like, if you report something to me, I'm not going to tell you to not, I'm not going to like stand in your way, like how you want to operate and how you feel comfortable. I'm here to aid and assist you in that. Or if you're like, you know what, that doesn't make me feel comfortable, then I would make sure that your supervisor is like, okay, can this, can this funnel through a different channel in this way? But other than that, like, if that's something that you've wanted to do, go for it. But like, they're they are also not your responsibility and also you don't have to be a you don't have to be a role model simply because mm-hmm. you're you're the only one yeah that's like not a position that you chose or opted into like that's the fault of the company for being like predominantly white and you don't have to lead the way pave the way show show someone around and like carry the reins on this like you can just do your job because that's what they hired you to do right hi m&m i 27 own my own house and rent out the top floor to my roommate female 26 we each get a stall in the detached garage but i also keep a lot of house slash garage related items in there the problem i'm experiencing is my roommate will accidentally leave her garage door open after returning home a lot since moving in in august she's probably done this a dozen times with many of these instances occurring at night. Most recently, she left the garage door open when coming home late one night last week. Thankfully, I've always been around to catch the mistake and get the garage closed ASAP. Every time it happens, I let her know that this can't continue and I give her suggestions on how to change her routine to hopefully prevent this. The issue is is that I have a garage door opener in the house so we can enter the detached garage more easily versus unlocking the side entrance to the garage every time. I always close the garage door as I'm leaving the garage and exit out the side door, locking it behind me. So I've suggested that she do the same. Instead, she continues to exit out of 
her garage door and rely on remembering to close the garage door once she's inside the house. Every time she dismisses my advice and just says she'll try to be better about remembering. I have expensive items in the garage. Examples, snowblower bike. You should have seen this short. My brain trying to be like, what is that? (laughs) And I can't have the garage door left open overnight. It's to the point where I'm worried to be away from my house overnight. Would it be wrong to put my foot down here by taking away her access to the inside garage door opener? Yes, you would be wrong. Is my full-blown opinion. First of all, not here to... You know, you already made the decisions. Never should you live with your tenant. Like, it is just not going to be a good situation because it will feel personal to both of you. Like, it will feel like, oh, this person is not listening to me. They're, like, disrespecting me and doing this. I would look back on, like, what you agreed on the lease because you might not be able to remove that and then you could get sued and then you might not be able to have tenants. Yeah, that was going to be my thing is, like, What does it say in the lease? Does it say that the garage is included in it? And does it say that the garage has to be closed? So it's when having a roommate, no, when having a tenant and landlord situation when you're living somewhere, it is really fucking hard to share things. Mm -hmm. So truthfully, like you should have a second one for your tenant. Like that should be it. And if you have something that is like, you know, you don't want to get stolen or whatever it is. Like, you know, tenants, sometimes like uh, a microwave explodes, <laughs> like some things can happen and it's unfortunate, but it's, they happen at the same rate, whether or not you are the landlord living with your tenant or or not. Like they happen to homeowners, they happen to renters, like things happen all of the time. And having a tenant does increase your risk of you know, they're not, you can't control them in the way that you necessarily want to. So they might leave the garage door open. So at this point, like I would check your rights. Like if you want to evict them, do I think it's like a really not good thing to evict someone for? Yeah. But I think that first and foremost, she should have been given her own garage door opener from the start. And if you can't do that now, then I think that you adapt to your tenant. You don't make your tenant adapt to you because you don't know for sure that you get another tenant and that they're going to do what you want them to do. If it's like in the lease that the door has to be closed and that she has to have this space, then, you know, then you can enforce that. But if it's in, if it's not there, then you have no rights. And so I would buy a uh, smart garage door opener that automatically closes at a certain time that you set it for because that's what you need to do. And even if you say in the lease, like verbally they agreed and it says in the lease that like the door has to remain closed, you can't then take away her access to the garage even if it's like, well, it had to remain closed. You didn't, you lost those privileges. That just means you have a reason to evict her if you're Mm -hmm. in a state that would require that. Like there is the idea of like putting your foot down doesn't exist here because like this is... This is not a personal relationship with boundaries. Like this is a like a legal and contractual relationship. And even if it's not, and she's just paying you, there's a transaction of money here. So even if you didn't sign an incredibly official contract, like there is still like housing rights that are just designated by your state. So by the transferring of money, you have opted into those, even if you didn't know that you did or you didn't sign a document saying you opted into it like no. yeah because even if you didn't sign anything then squatters rights at this point you know, but the second yeah. you start paying money 
mm-hmm. then you've entered into a, a, a contractual agreement, even if there wasn't a formal contract here. So I just, <laughs> I like don't want to come for a landlord because you're a you're a, a listener of our podcast and you're writing in. And to me, this doesn't seem like a, you know, scamming sort of situation that a lot of like the really unethical aspects of being a what's the, what I landlord of being a landlord like I think they're you know having a singular tenant and having essentially a roommate situation and all that I don't find that to be incredibly unethical but I do think it can get really messy and I think this is an example of that so I would know that no matter who you have as a tenant it will be messy mm-hmm so I would just read all your rights. Consult with a lawyer. Yeah. All right. Writer number three. Dear Queens of the World, I've been told by a friend that this is a problematic viewpoint and would like to know if I am wrong. I am 26 he him vaccinated and the first booster for le COVID. <laughs> wow. She and the only person in my family to not catch COVID once. I got into an argument with my mother because she did not want to get a booster or have my little sister vaccinated because of the symptoms my mother had when she got vaccinated. I told her I did not feel comfortable going back home because they were so against future vaccines. And I am surrounded by thousands of people every day because of work, regardless of the fact that I all that I always wear a mask. I even said that I would be upset if she ever died from COVID because it feels like choosing to not be fully vaccinated is like not making a full attempt at protecting yourself from getting sick. I even asked a friend to get boosted because of the same reason. They said this was problematic as it is rude to think that someone did not make a full attempt at living if they did not get a booster. Am I wrong for thinking this? I'm referring only to people who can be vaccinated and not those who have existing medical conditions. Please let me know what you both think. You can be honest and brutal. Thank you. I'm extreme anti-vaxxer. I'm so against vaccines. Oh, my gosh. We stand with you 100 um, <laughs> percent. I've made ultimatums to people I know. I've told friends like that. We're like, I'm not getting the second one because of how the first one made me feel. I was like, how did it make you feel? Oh, I was sick for a day. A day? Have you been hungover? Do you know how long COVID lasts, though? I just, uh, sometimes I just have to talk. I talk to people that say, like, they're not getting the second vaccination. Like, why? What did you do? Like, how did it make you feel? What are your reasons? And usually I am able to debunk something that they learned that was not true. Yeah. And give them the actual facts. And so I stand with you. A lot of times people just aren't educated or won't read the information and you have to present it to them. But I am fully vaxxed. Megan is fully vaxxed. I'm like waiting for boosters like it's fucking Christmas morning. I usually get mine around that time. So nice. It does feel a little bit like Christmas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Festive holiday. So, no, you're not wrong. And if people decide that they want to put their own life at risk, that's not something that you have to subject yourself to. So if they feel like that they want to risk themselves, you don't have to risk yourself. So 
you don't have to be around them. Yeah. And I think the way you described it was like very like you described it very well. Like Mm -hmm. it feels like you choosing to not be fully vaccinated is like not making a full attempt at protecting yourself from getting sick. And I don't think that's cunty at all. I definitely have said things that are far more, not I don't want to say manipulative in a bad way, but something that is like far more, I think, where I've literally like, it's feeling like you don't value my life. Mm -hmm. I've said that. That's not too far. That's not rude. Like all of these things are facts. If you're not going to value and put the actual conscious effort into listening to the science and medical journals and what professionals have recommended and encouraged that we have worked thousands of years to get to this point where we have the science to do this. If you're choosing not to do that, not only are you not investing in your own life and protecting yourself, you're also not valuing the lives and the health of anybody around you. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page. And I know it's it's lonely here, but it's um, sadly lonely being right in this situation. Right. Okay. Our final submission, I, 22, male, made my husband, 23, male, very mad the other day. My husband grew up very privileged because his dad was a doctor. He had two maids and a lady that made his family food Monday through Friday. I knew this going into the relationship, and I've been fine with it. I taught him how to clean and cook. Oh, my gosh. And he's been great about everything. However, I've been working more lately, and I've been very busy and in turn really stressed. When I get home from a long day of work, I just want to relax and scroll for a while. But recently, my husband has been very upset that I've stopped making him food and that I'm, quote unquote, not giving him attention. And he's, quote, bored. I tried my best to nicely tell him that he's a grown man and can entertain himself. He gets mad in the moment, but over it later. But last week, I was home working on a project for my job. He knew I needed to work, but he was mad I wouldn't make him breakfast or tell him what to make. He claims it's too hard to figure out what to cook. I told him I was busy and to figure it out himself. I was getting stressed because my project was hard and he was irritating me. So I told him to fuck off and that making yourself food isn't fucking rocket science. And he got super pissed and was still mad all day. I don't feel bad for what I said, but he's still mad about it. So am I wrong for telling him to fuck off? Sentiment? No, but it depends on the boundaries of your relationship. So like, regardless of the, like, I think you're, you are fully right in everything. Like I... I don't know how you've handled this. Like, I would lose my shit about this. But I do think, and this is coming from like an incredibly biased and personal place. So feel free to completely ignore this if this is not related to you. But like my relationship, we have a very strict, like there's no swearing at each other rule, regardless of like what the content is about. And that's something that we, I personally established like very early on, like we don't do yelling and we don't do swearing. Like we've definitely like raised our voices, like getting, I mean, maybe mm, one time months got like raised his voice slightly and I left him at Ikea. And I was like, I will come back when you calm down. And like, I know for me, like my threshold of like what is a raised voice is a lot lower than a lot of people. And like, I acknowledge that that's a boundary and something I clearly set up ahead of time. So I think if you've set up the boundary that you don't swear at each other, regardless of how contentious this gets, then I think the only thing I would do would be like apologize for the word choice, but explain and justify the sentiment. And it's like, I could have picked a different word, but you know, but you're saying you don't feel bad for what you said. And I don't think that that's wrong unless that boundary was set up ahead of time, because I think that this is like weaponized incompetence and that the idea that like you've taught him and he's learned how to clean and cook, which is so much more than you already needed to do. But he acknowledges that, but then it's like he pretends he knows. And then it's like, but no, I actually don't know. And it's like, 
Google Why do you guys exists. spend all that fucking time? Like you spent your time and energy teaching them how to cook and teaching them how to clean. But it's like, oh no, these were just training wheels the whole time. Like I still need you to do this. I don't think you're wrong at all because he's just using you. If he cannot figure out what to make for breakfast, there's a thing called Google. There's also a thing called, hmm, what do I have a taste for? Or, you know, huh, what's in the kitchen? You you told him, like, how you feel, and he was just irritating you, and you told him, like, fuck off. And I don't think that that, I think in this situation, it called for it. Sometimes things call for certain words because it doesn't get through to people. He can be mad all he wants. But again, this is weaponized and confident. You know, I kind of low-key take it back because now I'm realizing you said fuck off. Mm -hmm. And that is very different to me than fuck you or something like this. Like fuck off is an expression that like I if I can say it jokingly, I would probably I could say something in a serious matter. But I would never say like fuck you in a I mean, I mean, what what I mean? They, they quote they said in quotes, make yourself Making yourself food isn't fucking rocket science. That's not the swear. That's nowhere near the swearing that I was saying that I we have a like if if Mats and I said that, like that would not be a boundary. It Uh was the fuck off. But now I'm realizing that it's fuck off, not fuck you. Yes. So no, I take I take it back. Even if you have a boundary, I don't think this this wouldn't cross cross. This wouldn't cross my no swearing boundary because this is an exclamation. This isn't uh, derogatory. This isn't specifically at you. Yeah. So, no, in my eyes, you're not wrong. I believe that you've done too much for him already. Way too much. I guess you love him, but like. <laughs> Begrudgingly, but, Melissa, guesses that I, you love yeah, him. Yeah, I guess you love him or like, or he's he brings something to the table, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe money, but if it's money, then he needs to be hiring someone to make his food. You are not the hired help, the hired help. You are his partner. Like, I can understand, like, if this is like if you weren't working and this was your job to manage the household, like that was your singular job, then. okay. but he still doesn't. There's a nice way to ask for things if you're busy doing something else hey um i'm hungry do you have any suggestions for what i can cook yeah in those instances i think if you people want a stay-at-home partner and someone who manages the house i think your expectations have to first come as a romantic partner Mm -hmm. second as a household responsibilities and so like even in that instance like i think the only person you could ask that of that it wouldn't be grossly inappropriate would be an employed chef because mm-hmm, that's what their job is like a chef who's like there to teach you how to cook and it's like what do you think I should eat what do you think I should make like that's the only time that this is okay and like I feel like he's spinning it and maybe I'm reading too much into it but I feel like he's spinning it in like a cutesy way like mm-hmm. it's too hard to figure out what to cook like it's just this is not endearing by any means. I don't know. I have a red flag with people who were raised with everything being done for them. Like f- everything was cooked for them, all of these things. And it was done by hired parties, not their family, not their parents. And then they're okay with getting into a romantic relationship 
where they expect and are okay with their partner doing everything that was done for them as a child that were careers that people were paid for. Mm-hmm. That just gives me a major ick is like an understatement. So I, you're mad, stay mad. You're not wrong. Yeah. All right. Time for a break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. are back this is our final segment but are they wrong where we nominate someone in pop culture current events politics something that's happening in the world right now and they wear the cone of shame we also call them worst of the week the woat or the rachel of the week yes and so my nomination for this week is the packer sanitation in keeler wisconsin so one of the country's largest cleaning services for food processing oh no employed over 100 children in very dangerous jobs at 13 meatpacking plants across the US. So the Department of Labor said on February 17th that they have to pay over 1.5 million in civil penalties. And that's just penalties. This isn't like coming from lawsuits that the children may eventually do the investigation began in the summer of 2022 and there were meat packing plants that were searched and so the base is in wisconsin but they're also located in nebraska and minnesota and they found 31 underage workers as young as 13 then when they continued to do their search there were underage workers in eight different states 55 locations total the children involved were ages 13 to 17 and there was a the agency got like a temporary restraining order in November and then a permanent injunction in December and to the consent judgment that committed the company to no longer employ minors illegally. So they're still in business. Yes. And it's kind of hard for them not to be in business because they're like one of the, they're the largest ask. in the country. Yeah. So if they go away, there's like well, nothing. A lot of the the companies who they provide for can't yeah. say that they're not going to work with them anymore because yeah. there's not there's certainly not another, another option. One. So monopolies mm-hmm. do. Yep. Holy shit. So in the past three years, children were found using very like high caustic cleaning chemicals and clean dangers and power driven equipment like skull splitters and razor razor sharp bone saws i'm so sorry who the fuck named those things that's really terrifying yeah at least three of those miners suffered burns from the chemicals some of the children worked overnight shifts and would go to school the next day the fine was paid last week for each miner which was a little bit over $15,000, the maximum allowed under federal law. But investigators believe the company actually employed many more than 102 children that were verified. Um, and so they they have, like, there's a timeline for how long that they have to identify all those individuals. So, like, this isn't a clerical error. They were specifically hiring these children. And the vice president of marketing, of course, they always have to spend something, said that 
Their company has a zero tolerance policy against employing anyone under the age of 18. None of the minors identified still work there because they can't. But these plants, all eight of them are in Arkansas, Colorado, Indiana, Kansas, Minnesota, Nebraska, Tennessee, and Texas. The one with the most violations was the one in Nebraska. And so, yeah, children shouldn't be working in a plant. No, and they're trying to like lower the minimum age of employment in a lot of states because they want more children working. And the sad part is, is like these some children, these families are need, they need. So the yeah. family itself needs money. So, yeah. And so like as much as like this should be shut down, the, the root of the problem is no, no parent is sending their child into the workforce because it's fun mm-hmm. or because the kid wants to. It's because they need the money and they're not able to make ends meet. And I don't remember exactly when my dad worked in a st- I mean, my dad worked in a steel mill for like a good chunk of his life in Pittsburgh. I don't remember how old he was. And if this was a story that he told me that like it was about him or it was about someone else, but that they used to specifically like, you know, kids and people who were young and really small to get into like some of the really dangerous mm-hmm. parts and there's like it was like something like canary something there's some term something about that of the idea that for a lot of us no who in their right mind would hire a kid but for a lot of like blue collar jobs there are things that are dangerous and uh, some ways to cut corners on certain things um is based on your size and so the desire to hire children and people who are small, who can fit into spaces and who don't have a high understanding of risk and knowing that like there's a mm-hmm. reason why kids like throw themselves like and you're able to do those things like you don't have as much of a sense like clinically you do not have a m- sense of mortality or your own body or limbs, the awareness where they all go, how they all land. You don't have that as much when you're a child. And so your inhibitions are lower and you're able to make more money quicker and riskier. Right with people who also aren't able to know their rights and unions and all of that stuff. And my dad is old, like, and this was in the, I don't know, seventies or something like even probably before that, when he was doing this and this shit still happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ones in Arkansas are from George's, which is a chicken place and Tyson as well. I was wondering when did this get published? You know, Uh, it was last week. I believe so the I was gonna 17th. Say, I really hope this gets a huge amount of traction and a good some lawyers step in because these families are not making money to mm-hmm. take the time away from their jobs to find a lawyer to work with them pro bono to file cases. Yeah. But then I'm like, will those parents also be subjected to endangerment of a minor too if they were aware that their child was going? But then but it's like if they were hired, but also they're under the legal age. They're uh, along the lines of like when you start an employment, like there can be like valid and not valid employment. But like at that point, like they could fight back with like a parent aspect of it, but they would settle like there's no. Yeah, they would settle. But like I'm just saying like separately the, the risk of that, like, for example, like in Arkansas, I know the legal age to work is 15. Mm-hmm. And you're if you are younger than that, you can get I mean, if you're. Between 15 and 17, you have to have a parent sign off on your work stuff. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, they're skirting it. And at that point, I do think if if you're advertising a job and you're hiring children, the responsibility is on the employer. It is, but 
it still could be something that no, comes Yeah, up. I think it would be the, the argument and probably why some parents, especially mm-hmm. if they're poor, don't CPS and mm-hmm. like, oh, you're poor? Let's take away your children. Yep. So, absolutely fucked. So, I would like to nominate the Kelly fam on TikTok. Yep, we've got another family vlogger. And boy, oh boy, do I usually stay far away from these people because it's like I can hear my final few brain cells popping. Like, it's popcorn. <laughs> and it's just miserable to watch. And also, Melissa, as you know, this is a family of blondes. Blonde mom. I don't know who dad. these people no, are. No, but you know how I feel. Okay. About procreating mm-hmm. with fellow blondes. Mm-hmm. And this proves why you should not do this. No smart decisions were made. So the Kelly fam is on TikTok. This is where this originated, but it did also span to YouTube as well. They have 1.2 million followers on TikTok, almost 100,000 on Instagram and 18,000 on YouTube. And they posted a TikTok and a YouTube video on this subject. And the YouTube video is aptly titled, I made my toddler. If I speak loudly, just know that that's going to be in all caps so you can give them, give the vibe. Oh, I know who these people are. Okay, Mm -hmm. go ahead. I made my toddler tall enough for thrill rides at Disney. So they make this TikTok saying their kid loves thrill rides, but he's just not tall enough for the big ones. They show clip of they show a clip of him at Disney being measured and not meeting the 40 inch requirement. And then they said they didn't want to stop him from feeling that rush, though. So then they show a tutorial on how they made shoes, which essentially is gorilla glued three inches of platforms, flip flops all together. So this is a toddler. And when I tell you that like this is not a child, like this is legitimately a toddler, a toddler. And they don't do a lot of full body shots because, you know, I think once you hit three, you could be anywhere between three and five. And if you don't see how tall someone is, like comparison to the rest of your kids, like, so I think they do make it kind of look like, oh, this is a five-year-old, that they're increasing this height and all of this. No, no, no. This is like a legitimate toddler. So this video blew up. It is as of the 21st of February, it is still up, has not been removed, neither has the YouTube video. And so far, Disney has not made a comment, but Disney's been tagged countless times along with Oreo, which they had a sponsorship like pretty much right after where they posted about that. So the dad did an apology video. And I just have to say, you know, those faces, you know, those faces of blonde men speaking on camera, like on TikTok that you're like, oh, I don't trust you. I just have to assume that you're like a Mormon minister. Like this is a youth pastor vibe. Like that's his whole vibe. It's like, mm, you would roofie my drink and or you would try to convert me out of like a religion I was already in. Like this is just, it's, he's not, ha- does not have good energy here. And he did his apology saying that he would never put his kids in danger. I love my kids more than life itself. I would do anything for my kids. And then says I would never condone someone faking to get their, faking their child, child's height to get them on a ride. And says, you don't actually know what happened. You don't see him go on any rides, which is false. You do see him go on rides and you do see him wear the shoes like all day. He's already tall enough, which is a lie. And he then has him and his wife measure their kid. And it shows that he's wearing shoes, not the platforms, but different shoes. And they say, stand up straight. And then it cuts to just a clip of the top of his head and the measuring tape where it shows him measuring at 38 inches which is still not tall enough and he's wearing shoes and they've cut it. There's no full mm-hmm. body shot to prove like, yes, this is how tall the kid is. And again, it's already short enough. Mm-hmm. So the dad says he's tall enough without shoes, but the mom also said he's 37.5 inches. They can't keep their own lies straight between them. And 
he they said that he only rode two thrill rides. And then sarcastically, he said he had a really good chance of falling out of those rides. The next video, he does also sarcastic, saying, since you loved our last parenting hack, here's another. And it's put your child in the dryer after a bath because wasting these environmenting killing towels, no. Then he also has a disclaimer. It says, disclaimer, don't be dumb enough to actually do this. Then post a video of them on Slinky Dog Dash, which is like a roller coaster, which he is not tall enough to ride. And the mom singing along to Disney music and the, I don't endorse anyone looking at videos of children because they can't post these things without their consent. But it's so abundantly clear that he has family vlogger child vibes, like his eyes. I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is incredibly depressing. The dad is just constantly replying to all of the comments on the video, just like sarcastic as fuck. And then did another apology video this morning and uses sad TikTok music in the background and says, I'm very much a flawed individual. And it gets really fucking Jesus-y, like really, really Jesus-y. And I didn't, I assumed that that was going to be his audience to begin with. And it definitely is. And as I said in my video, I'm a flawed individual that needs Jesus and needs grace every day. And it's basically like my wife and my children accept that I like you know, I need Jesus and I'm going to make these mistakes, but with between me and Jesus. And it's like, so would it have been an act of God if your child fell out of a roller coaster? And the reason why there are the requirements for a roller coaster is because somebody else's kid had to die for a requirement to be there. So what's that? That's science and that's gravity. And like, you don't get to decide in that instance, you are playing God with your child's life. Right, right. So he then says, if we were making, and everyone keeps like just basically referring to him as, you know, cash cow, like he just sees the dollar signs in his kids and is not focusing on their safety. And then his rebuttal is, if we were making so much money on social media, I wouldn't have a full-time job and neither would my wife. Now here's a great little fun fact. His wife is a nurse from Florida. Wonder how that degree is. Legitimate? Illegitimate. Remember a few weeks ago? Uh says that they're not making a lot of money on social media, but then finally says, I would have removed the video if I thought I was wrong. The one thing I do want to apologize for is for all the people that actually stood up for us and tried to protect us and vouch for us. And then you got attacked because of us. I want to apologize for that. And then says, I'm really sorry I didn't handle it in a perfect way. And just anybody who's ever had an apology from like (laughs) a toxic narcissist who's just like, I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. And you're like, okay, conversation's over says that he's not taking the video down and then finally says at the end of the day, I'm responsible for me, my wife and my kids. Do I have a big platform? Yes, I do. But you are responsible for you. Regardless of what you say, we want to move past this. Mm -mm. So that's this man. And to say that the internet would not miss his pathetic excuse at like new Vine style Facebook level comedy videos is an understatement. Like, this is a fully grown man treating his, like, wife. Like, he's, like, doing all of this, like, pretending to love my wife so she'll let me go golf. And I'm like, there's no punchline there. Like, none of it's funny. You have no natural sense of humor. Like, you're, it is as if a robot in a foreign country was like, how do I compute every single different algorithm of all, like, worldwide, these kinds of videos to make the perfect viral video? And then they have an animation of someone doing it where there's like, it's literally like a puppet. I, whenever I see videos like that, I'm like, somebody really sat down and brainstormed this and was like, there's no way there was an outline. Thought, you know, this is, this is going to be a great idea. They sit there. They, they 
figure out how they're going to shoot it because, you know, it's always a setup. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. They figure out how they're going to shoot it. Then they shoot it. Then they look at their phone and they're like, yeah, this is it. Then they go pick whatever stupid music. Like there's so many steps before they actually post it. And not during none of those steps, they were like, this is a terrible idea. No, not one. And like that level of delusion, as we can see, is dangerous. You went from just being embarrassing to literally almost killing your child in a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And survivor's bias, survival bias, same thing. It's, It's very real. And so people think that like, well, I've done this and like my kid's fine. This, this, this is fine. Like they can do it one time and be fine. The second time, it only has to fail one time. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they have these. Um, it's really expensive and difficult to come up with to do these regulations. The reason why there are specific high requirements for all of these things, because there's been a precedent sent by a tragedy that has happened before. Mm-hmm. They don't just have like a baseline that they're being like overly cautious. And at this point, when they make new rides, they they do. They take already, the studies from yeah, different ones that are similar. In. Engineering is way more advanced. They use they they have test dummies yep. in them several times. And if I've seen it recently where the dummies all fell off at the first loop and they're like, absolutely, we're not uh, opening this back to the drawing board. And like things slip through the cracks. This is going to sound like really bad because of what I'm about to say. <laughs> like things slip through the cracks and... There is room for human error and other shit that happens in these instances. And you can't prevent that, but you can prevent the actual requirements. Mm -hmm. I remember County Fair, Marin County Fair, I went to when I was like a kid and there was this roller coaster. I think it might have been Ring of Fire, something where you just it's like a loop and you just go upside down. Mm -hmm. And I went there and I went on the ride with my dad and we're going. I was not a small kid, but. I've I've got like a little bit of broader shoulders now, but I've always been like lanky. I'm like relatively narrow, but I'm tall and I'm my shoulders are not the most narrow thing in the world, but like my arms are pretty skinny. And so I don't have a lot of they're very slow. You can slide off my shoulders pretty quickly. There's not a lot of stability and sturdiness there that you would have if you just took my measurements and didn't look at me. And so I could go on this ride I pass the height requirement and it, as soon as it goes upside down, my ass lifts up off of the seat. My shoulders start going through and my dad just like shoves my, like puts his arm in front of me and shoves my legs down and like terrified the entire fucking time that it was like, if you let go, I will fall out of this ride. Mm-hmm. And I met the whatever loose requirements there were at the county fair for this. And that's, I'm not saying my body's an anomaly, but like, you know, scientist, okay, sure, you're broad this way, it should work. I mean, you're this tall, so we assume you should be this broad, this should be okay, whatever it is. Knowingly not participating and following the guidelines of the safety requirements and then posting it online about your children, your children are going to fucking hate you when they grow up if they don't already hate you right now. Yeah, when I was in like seventh grade-ish, same height as I am now, I haven't grown since then. I was at Universal Studios, not the one here. I don't remember. I think in Missouri, I think, or something. And St. Louis. Yeah, it was St. Louis. And we they had the Batman ride that was just all loops. And I sat down in the thing and my the harness came down and I t- and it didn't it wasn't clicking all the way yeah, to my chest. That was mine. And I told the guy, I was like, hey, I don't think this is it. And he comes over and he d- does a little moves it and he goes, no, you're fine. 
as we're going on the first loop, I'm squeezing so hard that it clicks back and actually puts me in place. Oh, thank God. So if it hadn't clicked back, I would have fell out that bitch. Yeah. The idea that people think that safety regulations are to like stomp on your fun Mm -hmm. and not to protect your children because you can't have the wherewithal to protect them yourself. Mm -hmm. So fuck this man, fuck this family. And I really hope, and like anyone who defended them, and like I really hope that their kids are safe and are evaluated to make sure that where they're living is safe and the circumstances and uh there's a lot of people in the comments who are like i really hope cps has seen this i really hope disney disney's definitely seen it at this point they should most likely be getting a permanent lifetime ban and mm-hmm. the children might not get a lifetime ban but the parents are probably getting a permanent lifetime ban i disney doesn't fuck around with this shit anymore no and they have like face recognition now so yeah, if even no. if they try to walk in there immediately out yeah they're i They've been through and survived enough of tragedies of happening and they've been able to maintain a really positive brand presence and improve from that, that they're not risking that for some Mm -hmm. like fucking low level wannabe blonde, like Mormon family. Yeah. So then a lot of people had suggested like, we're like, I really hope CPS has seen this. And then, you know, a lot of people popped out of saying like, no, this is not CPS for CPS is for people like, you know, who like live in filth and all of this shit. And it's like, oh, CPS for poor people. No. No, this Mm-mm. is child endangerment. Yep. And just because it's child it looks protective flashy, services are there to protect the children. Just because it looks flashy and there's a camera in their face and they've got clean clothes on doesn't mean that what they did wasn't dangerous. It mm-hmm. wasn't neglect and it wasn't endangerment. And the idea that that has a specific look is why a lot of child abuse and neglect endangerment cases don't followed through on or reported because Mm -hmm. we have this incorrect idea that there's a look to it and it really is just classist and racist so yep fuck this family truly terrible people all right that's it we hope you liked our episode again you can participate vote on who you think was wrong in all of our segments did you agree with us you disagree with us who is the hero who is the villain That is on our Instagram story. Usually goes up Friday, but we say Friday-ish. And you can vote. And then we read the results on Friday for Fisting Friday. So tomorrow you will hear the results from last week. It's going to be a good time. Get your orifices ready. Lube them up. If you want to write in, you can send us an email at butamirongpod at gmail.com. And you can support the show on Patreon if you would like. Watch the video versions there or just support us. Yeah. Use use, Use that money. It's it's not expensive. Not at all. All right. Thank you. We'll circle, circle back. back. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.